Welcome everybody to another episode of Am I Tripping? Uh, this is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers episode. Uh, I mean, anybody been listening to me on the pods know how I feel. Uh, anybody was listening to the pods know that the very first day that the Bucks grabbed Tom Brady, I was one of the very first people period to scream, oh, they going to the Super Bowl, they going to win it. Part of that is the fact that I just believe in the Michigan, man, just like that. So a lot of that just it is bias. It's just me just, you know, loving the Michigan, man, like that. And the other part of that is just looking at this is the best team that I had seen, really looked at, had, that he had ever been on, ever. None of the teams ever had a balance of, offense and defensive guys that were so outstanding so you know upper tier you know what i'm saying uh defensive guys and offensive guys that you know i mean i'm not saying that new england a lot of times when he first went to the super bowl with new england <clears throat> excuse me the balance was a lot of times them having an outstanding defense that was top tier and then just a middle uh middle or maybe below middle offense that Tom Brady just didn't fuck up. He just didn't throw no interceptions. They did a lot of running the ball with clock killing Corey Dillon and uh, Antoine Smith and guys like that. So it was more of a ball possession style that they was able to take teams out with. And then as things shifted, they became more of a top-tier offense when they had Randy and some of those other guys. And the defense was still good. I ain't never played for a defense under top 10. So I won't play Belichick like that in any kind of way. He ain't never played for no team with a, a, a below 10 level defense. But they wasn't at its highest level. So what I what I mean by this is if you flip his best his best offensive teams and his best defensive teams at Tampa, I mean at New England, I don't feel like none of those teams actually add up completely to the whole team that he had with Tampa Bay this year. Now, if I'm ranking it, I still give New England's first group of championships. Uh, I I would say that they were a little bit more superior to me as far as all the things that they did, all the, all the levels that they had shut down and contained. As much as I like this Bucks defense, if I'm saying if I'm if I'm pulling the hole or picking a war at any of the things that the Bucks defense does, I would first have to look at that secondary. Don't get me wrong, them young boys sold their ass off. They sold their ass off, and to me, I was questioning that all year. Anytime that I questioned my pick of Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl, it always to me started with. Them young boys in that secondary be getting their ass toe up, you know. So it was just good to finally, you know what I'm saying, see that as the playoffs went on, those youngsters got more and more confident. But I still believe if it wasn't for that top, that front seven bringing the ruckus the way they did, man, and kicking indoors and shit, that I think that them boys would have been eventually exposed as guys that jump routes way too soon, guys that are really not great at speed, especially, you know, in distance. 
you know, so anybody that's going fly patterns or, you know, uh, slants, you know what I'm saying, extended slants, not your little five-yard slant, but your 10, 15, or beyond, the boys just ain't quick enough, you know what I'm saying, to be able to keep up with them boys. But I will say this, every last one of them boys in the secondary will catch something. You know, the motherfuckers know they ain't out there just catching the cold. Them motherfuckers will catch the ball. And, and that to me, kind of like balances out the fact that they're going to give up so many big plays. That if you leave them young motherfuckers a play to be made back there, oh, that's a play that was going to be made. So that was the thing that I noticed about that secondary. And I'm, I mean, going into next year, I'm still going to question that. Still going to question that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> recap the game, lightweight. I think... Uh, one thing you notice that I reason why when I even was talking about the game, why I thought uh, definitely that uh, the Bucks had a chance to blow them out. I was screaming blowout. Anybody, if you think I'm tripping, just check a couple of the other prior episodes I had. I said I believe that the Bucks could blow them out. That's what I said. And a part of that was the fact that you come in with no running game. Y'all don't even try to bullshit, fake a run game. You know, and when you do run the ball, your best runner, the the, the guy that's going to probably gain the most yards out your backfield is going to be your quarterback. I ain't never like that. I ain't never like that. Now, I can live with it a little bit with Lamar doing that shit in, in Baltimore because they still going to give it to Dobbins. They still was giving it to Ingram. They were still giving it to Buck. So I, I can live with that a little bit because so, sometimes Lamar going to get had the most yards. But it's still going to be a tallied up to what the other running backs are able to do as well. You, I mean, KC don't play that way. Play KC play finesse. They got a real pretty game. And when that game is rolling, that's kind of like the prettiest car you're going to see on the fucking road. You know, especially with guys that's right now in some of these areas, I know y'all feeling me, you know. You're riding down the street, you see that one car that don't look like it's been touched by no salt, no snow, or nothing. And everybody else's car, goddamn it, covered with snow. Or snow droppings, or motherfucking dirt and shit from the snow. And then you got that one pretty ass car that at the light, you're like, goddamn, this motherfucker ain't. He must keep his shit in the garage type shit. Well, that's what the Chiefs are. Super pretty. Got all the goddamn speed. Got a fucking killer back there. Drop, I mean, throwing the ball. That boy Mahomes is a goddamn killer. I'm surprised this boy ain't on motherfucking trial for the killings that he's doing to this league. He's destroying the NFL the last the first four years, first three years, because he didn't even play the first year. So the kid is killing the league. There's no doubt about that. This motherfucker worth a half a billion dollars, close to it. So, dude is destroying all thoughts about what you think about him in the NFL far as a quarterback and how efficient they can be moving towards the new days. Not the Aaron Rodgers days, not the Tom Brady's days, but moving towards the new days. It's all about this young boy Mahomes. Ain't no doubt about that. But that's also where I stopped showing him love. Because that defense ain't really been no strong defense for years. I love Tyron. 
been loving Tyron since they was on his dick about smoking weed back in LSU. I think they fucked that boy over at LSU. I never liked it the way that that shit ran down. I was so glad to see Tyron when he made his move, you know what I'm saying, and got picked and shit. But even when he got drafted, motherfuckers were still trying to sit on him about some weed. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck with nobody. Say them young boys, you know what I'm saying? All, most of these young motherfucking NFL ball players owe a, a, a lot of motherfucking gratitude. And they should always show some love to Ricky Williams, wherever they see Ricky Williams at. Because Ricky Williams was the very first star athlete that I, that I ever remember that was like, fuck taking them shots. Fuck y'all in them pills. I'm going to smoke my weed. Now, that's how I'm going to recover. I'm going to recover the natural way. I'm going to cover, recover the way that I, I see fit. And, I mean, take a look at Ricky Williams now. You tell me where he was wrong. Tell me where you see his limp at. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the man personally enough for him to tell me about, about his body or whatever. But just looking at him as a whole, don't look like the man suffering because he didn't take no goddamn pills and, and take shots and needle injections and shit. So... I'm all in with, you know what I'm saying, how these youngsters take care of themselves and everything nowadays. But back to Tyron and that Chiefs defense. That Tyron's the, Tyron's the man. Love T. But he ain't going to never be Ed Reed. He ain't going to never be uh, Troy uh, Palomalo. You know, so, I mean, and when you talk about safeties, you know, top-tier safeties, that's where you're really going with this shit. Uh, he ain't going to be a Charles Woodson. You know, I mean, he, but, I mean, that's a lot of mother-quality motherfuckers, all Hall of Famers I just named. And I think he will eventually maybe scrape up in that bitch and maybe get into fame. It's kind of hard to get into fame in the NFL out of other sports and shit. So it's going to probably be hard for him to get in there. But in so many words, he's the one thing that on that Chiefs defense that you can really truly depend on. He's the one voice on that defense that you truly can lean on. And he's the one person on that defense that when it's all done and said, as a motherfucker that if, if we fighting, I already know the first motherfucker that's going to be in front of the, the group in front of the pack is going to be Tyron. And he going to be the shortest motherfucker. So that's what I love about the Honey Bee, Honey Badger. Uh, and they got my man Frank White. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I love Frank. Frank going to always be my guy. And I think what Frank do on that defensive line is him and Chris Jones is, is admirable. That's about it. That's about it. That linebackers, don't, they ain't got no linebackers that really can chase you down. On they really, they linebackers really ain't that good in coverage. Uh, defensive line, I just, I mean, I said Frank White, uh, Frank Clark. I just named Frank Clark and the Jones kid. Outside of that, you tell me somebody else you even mentioning. Let's know, you know, know about or talk about. Just tell me somebody else you mentioning on that defensive line. You know, and then they they don't have no depth. So I mean, if any of the your premier guys get you know get slowed up or or, or things ain't going right or you just need a break, who you bring in that's gonna be a difference maker or can hold it down for a player two for them? 
the Chiefs defense, man, is the is it's been some trash. That offense has been able to masquerade and cover up the fact that that defense been some trash. Been trash. And I gotta I gotta hold Andy Reid to that. Or whoever making the draft picks. Cause that defense ain't been sick. And they ain't really literally tried to make it any better the last couple of years that I've noticed. Not 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 nothing that's noticeable. Uh so that's why my biggest questions with that Chief. So when I'm looking at this matchup, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs, I'm looking at a gritty team against a pretty team. And and that's just my law in sports, period. I always side with the gritty team over the pretty team. Now, don't get me wrong. It don't always work. There's been plenty of times that I thought a pretty, I mean, a pretty team's on beat, uh, uh, grinding teams, teams that were gritty. And, I mean, my philosophy with this shit go all the way back to when I was picking the Knicks over the Chicago Bulls. Anybody don't listen to enough of these podcasts know I don't fuck with the Michael Jordan shit. I ain't that guy. I was betting against Jordan. Respect Jordan as being the great, the best all-time shooting guard I've ever seen in my life. I'm not one of those guys that's giving him the credit of being the greatest player of all time because I don't think you can equate motherfuckers who play a shooting guard position to a motherfucker that's playing the center position or a person that's playing the point guard position or any of the other positions. That's why they got five separate positions. So by far, he's the greatest shooting guard I've ever seen. Magic Johnson still, to me, is the greatest point guard I've ever seen. All right? And... And in my eyes and what I was able to see, the the best center I've ever seen was Sack. But me being a historian of the game and loving the game so much, I already know that the greatest big man of all time is Bill Walton. I mean, not Bill Walton. I said Bill Walton. No disrespect, uh, 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 <laughs> Bill Russell. I apologize, Mr. Russell. Uh, but, yeah, Bill Russell. Not Bill Walton. Bill Russell. Shouts out to the big redhead. But uh, every last one of these positions got a, a, a person that you consider the best. At Power Ford, I consider Tim Duncan to be the best. And I got LeBron as the best small forward. So it's five different positions, man. The people that started this game, I know what the fuck they were doing. And it's hard to equate one person as being the greatest. I just don't buy that. But when I'm looking at all all of all everything that we've seen so far for us in this football season and the contrast of a explosive boomer bust team and the KC Chiefs over that nitty and gritty team with a stable-minded motherfucking old quarterback in Brady, I look at it like this. Patrick Mahomes and that team will probably be back next year. That's how explosive they are. That's how much that that offense can kind of masquerade the fact that that defense not that good. But for five hundred million dollars, or what they' supposed to be owing Patrick over these next ten or twelve years or whatever, they better put some more money into this defense. Cause Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kelsey and uh, Travis, uh, I mean the uh, the boy uh, Hill. Tyreek Hill, those, those, with those boys, you got more than enough explosion, man. Those boys are explosive. You can add other guys around them to keep the shit going. 
But man, if your whole if your whole focus ain't on making that defense a championship defense, you this shit ain't nothing but a matter of time before Patrick end up getting hurt, or the free agency game catch up with this Kansas City Chiefs team and they start losing motherfuckers. It's just a matter of time. <clears throat> so I believe that the Chiefs, which is a boomer bust team, needs to erase that. And become with more of a, a of a defensive minded team with a great quarterback and two more great weapons. I think if they was able to ever transfer their thought process to becoming more of a defensive minded instead of a bend don't break off defense that they've been running around here with for the last couple of years, I think they would get more out that team, and I think they would be able to get more out of Patrick Mahomes. Now I'm looking at it. I think the NFL in trouble because what the Buccaneers was able to do this year, they was able to do this shit on the fly. I mean, you got motherfucking Brady, goddamn you know, breaking into motherfucking parks, sneaking niggas in to throw the ball to them and shit on on patterns and getting ran out by the police and all this shit. You got time doing B and knees, goddamn trying to steal to get the. Uh, uh, breaking the motherfuckers' cribs and shit just to get the playbook from Byron. You know, broke into the wrong, you know, try to get into the wrong crib. You know, all that shit, man. All that shit, they won't have to worry about this year. This year, this team coming back with a brand new slate. But they coming back as champs. That's going to be hard to take from this team, against this team. Because I don't think that this team right here, if they're able to bring back the majority of the, the guys that they brought in, this team, I don't think, going to be satisfied with just one championship. I know the guy that's that's, called, that's pulling the string, he ain't going to be satisfied. Brady ain't going to be satisfied, that's for sure. I don't know who all these people that's going to be satisfied, but I know one guy that ain't going to be satisfied. I know one guy that won't eight. You know, one guy that wants eight, not seven. You know, and and I believe that the guys that's behind him and the, on, and on that team believe that he's the perfect guy to get them to that next that next championship. You got the coaching staff now. I mean, when they went in this year, you got the coaching staff. Yeah, we got Tom Brady, Tom Brady. But back in the back of their mind, they're trying to figure out how much is Tom Brady going to change the way that we coach, the way that we you know get our guys together. After a while, Bruce was like, fuck it. Him and Barbara Love was like, man, fuck that. Dude know what he's doing. He's a champion. There's no reason for us to have to micromanage him and act like, you know, we got to do more than what we have to do. We got to just put the right guys around this winning championship motherfucker named Tom Brady and then allow him to form it and formulate guys the way that he need them and the way that he see them. And I'll be damned if that's exactly what they end up doing. And if you look at it, O.J. Howard to come back. So they go back to that three. They, they're going to be three deep at the motherfucking tight end position. If they don't use O.J., they probably try to, you know, uh, sneak a pick on a motherfucker or something. Because O.J. good enough to somebody should want him. And he could help a lot of teams. You just got to stay healthy. You know, but... Outside of that, you still got break, still got Grump. I don't know what they're going to do with the Chris Godwin thing. I'm a Raiders fan. Uh, we need somebody. 
We we had the Aguilar kid this year. What didn't play bad? Played way better for us than he did uh, for Philly. No doubt about that. But I still want something different in him. You know, I got this young boy Henry Ruggs. I really would like to have him a wide receiver that can kind of come in and teach him how to take his game to the next level. And I need a wide receiver to be good enough that he can help take Derek Carr to the next level. You know, so that's what I'm looking for. In that position, I think that Chris Godwin could probably help, especially coming off a Super Bowl championship. I really think that he could help out our young wide receiver room. Man, all our guys are going to be young. We're going to probably grab another wide receiver this year. So we're going to have a young wide receiver room. I wouldn't mind having an OG Super Bowl vet like Chris Godwin in there to help out that room. But... If the Buccaneers bring Godwin back, they still got the Scotty Miller kids. So you still got A.B. You still got Mike Evans. You got Godwin. I mean, got another young boy that they had drafted that they can't wait to put on the field to see what he can do. I'm just saying, man, that just is just so much. They ain't in no problem. They're not going to lose Ronald Jones. They're not going to probably lose Fournette. I wouldn't be surprised if goddamn LaShawn McCoy don't find a way to hold on and stay on the team as the third string running back. They had Shady McCoy as the third string this year. This team is like fucking loaded, man. And I do think that if they do end up losing, maybe a guy too, because a lot of talk about them losing Shaq Barrett and some of them other guys. There's some guys out there that you can plug in into this defense. You know what I'm saying? And not have that much of a drop-off. I mean, especially if you can be able to, able to conti- uh, keep uh, JPP and you're able to keep Sue. So, there's a lot of things that they still going to be able to do. And I, I expect for them to still to be able to do down there in Tampa. So, I don't think they sit over with it all down there in Tampa. In fact, I think the NFL in fucking trouble. Because they just threw that shit together last year. This year, you're going to get a chance to see what this shit look like when it's been worked on and been worked with. And the fact that these cats is coming in 10 times, they coming in next year way more confident than they was this year. And I'm not saying that they wasn't confident because I know that they was confident as fuck when they heard Tom Brady was here. But still, they didn't know. They're still, I, I'm not sure. Still, that, that feeling was still there. You ain't got that feeling no more. You champs. Ain't got that feeling no more. And majority of the motherfuckers on the team is young. So two things happen with youngsters. Either they got them in the mix of they prime and they take it to a whole different level. Or they get goddamn full of themselves and stop working. And Saturday be satisfied with what they already had. I don't think that none of the, with Tom Brady being the leader of that team and everybody being okay with him. I mean, you hear the defensive guys okay with him being a leader as well as the offense. I don't think that that's going to leave them room to goddamn get fat and complacent. Dude showing y'all like how to goddamn go for more than one. How goddamn to take that one and say, fuck it, and I got to have two. So you're not celebrating that one, two, three months later. Oh, running around, we the Super Bowl champs and all that, doing your dancing and Showing up on all those little punk ass shows, getting your puffy on. And ain't none of that. Ain't none of that with Brady. Brady already got them back at work. He already thinking, goddamn it, shit, in four months from now, shit, it's time to do this shit all over again with a different spin. 
And that's what I love about dude. That's what I respect about dude. And that's what the that's the scary part about this Buccaneers team, man, is cause they following that dude. And that's the way that dude get down. And I just think that that shit gonna be real tough for them to stop. <clears throat> now, uh, I also would say this. Not to completely discredit what I've able to seen out of the Chiefs the last couple years. This Chiefs team is real. I, I This Chiefs team, to me, has a chance to be one of the more dominant teams that the AFCs have seen since the Buffalo Bills. Anybody listen to the podcast know I I remember when the Buffalo Bills went to four straight championships. I mean, didn't win not one. Didn't win no Super Bowl, but they went to four straight, won four straight AFC championships. Ain't been done, ain't been close to it since. I see these Chiefs doing that. I, I, I truly see the Chiefs coming back and winning, winning the AFC again this year. So I believe it's, it's going to be a strong chance for a rematch. But even if, if there is a rematch and even if the, the Chiefs do decide to run it back, they got to get rid of all this pretty shit that they do, all the pretty football, all, all, all the shit, all the, the boom or bust. Got too much respect for Andy Reid. I don't see Andy Reid coach tougher football than this. I mean, they going out. They not leave, they they, they weren't leaving nobody in to help chip or none of the uh, defensive linemen. You know, then play with the Edwards Leclaire. I like the kid. I seen the kid at LSU. I got respect for him. He five foot six though, man. Five six five seven, man. <clears throat> he ain't gonna really help you far as slowing down no blitz or no big-time defensive end coming in to try to hit Patrick or he just speed Patrick up. They got to put some power into all this finesse football that they play. And I'm surprised that Andy Reid hasn't made that adjustment yet because Andy Reid way better coached than what he, he showed on that Super Bowl. He way better coached than that, man. You did not see the adjustments that you seen, that you need to see. And I'm going to tell you something else. I think that loss, the way that that loss happened, I think that hurt my, uh, my man, everybody enemy. I mean, because for one, he was already getting the, the the scrapes off the motherfucking plate. You know what I'm saying? When motherfuckers went to goddamn talking about the old Chiefs offense anyway. It's very happy time. Have you ever heard them talk about the everybody enemy offense? It's always the Andy Reid offense, the Andy Reid offense, the Andy Reid offense. They don't even call it the Chiefs offense. They don't even give the man that much respect. Anytime there's there's a conversation about this. Anytime I hear there's a conversation. Oh, shit. Sorry about that. Just drop my damn thing on the floor. Oh, shit. All right. I'm able to get everything. But anyway, what I was saying is about Andy is this. Anytime Andy is able to. Anytime Andy Reid is able to get his things together, he's able to pretty much keep things more or less the way that they needed to be. So I expect that. I expect a little bit better from him when uh, next time we see these Chiefs in this situation. I expect a lot more better from him. Uh, and I expect better adjustments to be picked up and adjustments to be made.
So, <clears throat> with that, that's pretty much how we're going to wrap this up to a certain degree. Uh, am I missing anything about these Chiefs that I want to add? Oh, yeah. That's another thing. I think it's also time uh, that you see uh, the Chiefs move towards a bigger wide receiver as well. Because uh, I think they're going to probably lose Sammy Watkins. It's a good chance that Sammy Watkins is not going to be back. And then if you don't have Sammy Watkins, uh, now Tyreek, uh, uh, Hardman, and anybody uh, outside of the tight end, Kelsey, everybody that she's throwing to is less than six foot. So, you know, really less than six foot. I think that that'll help Patrick out a lot more if they can give him a bigger wide receiver. Just one. Just one. And I think that when they go into the, the draft this year, <clears throat> I really believe that they'll be doing a lot of fishing and a lot of working looking to get that established. So don't be surprised uh, uh, during uh, the draft time if you don't see the Chiefs make a move like that. Uh, that would be probably the most natural move. Uh, as far as the Bucks, uh, I see the Bucks trying to tighten up that secondary a little bit more. Look for them to be targeting some kids that could help out in the secondary. Um, also look for them to try to get some help, uh, probably another young linebacker. I don't know what they're going to do with Devontae David. Um, nine times out of ten, they'll be bringing him back. But even at that, you're only going to bring him back for maybe a two-year deal or so. So it, you definitely be looking for them to start replacing that linebacker to play with uh, alongside Devin White. So I definitely see that they'll probably be uh, trying to probably be looking for a, a linebacker. You know, probably not a strong side, probably a weak side linebacker. Uh, somebody that's kind of similar to what Devin White do. Uh, not saying that they're not going to move on from uh, Devontae David, but if they did, you you can see that that's going to probably be the mold of the guy or uh, that they'll probably be looking for. So uh, with that, we're going to say thank everybody once again for listening to another episode of Am I Tripping? Sorry about the bang that you heard. I was in the process of grabbing something off the shelf, and bam, the damn everything came. So if you heard that bang, that's what that was. I apologize about that. But outside of that, thank you again for listening to me, and God bless everybody.